Ladies and gentlemen, welcome mm -hmm. to another groundbreaking, record-breaking, stereo-breaking. I assume people listen to podcasts on their stereos still. At full like, blast. Yeah, at full yeah. blast. Uh, episode <laughs> of Boosted. Bass. Turn up your bass. Turn on your subwoofer. It's another mm -hmm. episode of Ideas Don't Bleed, hosted by me. My name's Matt. Yay. Ethan's here. Durbin's here. We don't clap for me. Hello. Oh. oh, are you clapping for you yourself, Ethan? I was clapping for you. He was clapping for me. Oh, I thought, okay. and I, I would clap for, for him. Clap for Griffin. Griffin is like, yeah, that's the one we have to clap for. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, quiet. I get really sad. You're the quiet, and then I, so and we have I to don't like, know if I come back. Yeah, yeah, we have to be like, <laughs> you can do it, buddy. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't know if I have it in me, man. But thank you. That's what we're trying to do here. This is a show. This is a self-help show. This is that's a show right. about positivity. Sometimes we talk about comic books. We're going to do that today. Uh, my good friend, the expert writer, Mr. Ed Brisson, is here. I'm going to clap for Ed. Yeah, clap yeah, we'll for clap for Ed. Ed. Yeah, there we go. Yay. Yay. But that's not to encourage him. It's not like Griffin. It's not a no. pity clap. It's just because it was expensive to get him here. <laughs> <laughs> Flying him in yeah. to our remote studio in Halifax <laughs> was expensive. Ed, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Again. Again, he's back. Again, yeah. You're, yeah. you're our second, second timer joining the illustrious ranks of Kelly Thompson, who sort of just bullied her way onto the show right. a second time. <laughs> you actually were invited. So in some ways, you're kind of the first timer for right. a second timer, mm -hmm. if that's mm -hmm. a term. First, re first real second timer. Sure. Um, I'll so, keep track of it. Yeah, it's prestigious. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Uh, how are things, Ed? How are you doing? Take a sip of your water. I'm taking a sip of my water. Things are good, I guess. You know, got um, no real complaints, but uh, that's great. Yeah, just working, writing, that's doing great. shit. Working, writing, doing shit. Um, all right, so we're just going to jump in. Yeah. And we ask everyone the same question. Here it goes. <laughs> I, I used to preface it and be like, this question kind of sucks, but now I kind of don't want to do that. But now no, the, pause, like, the pause makes me think it's a good end. It's yeah, not, yeah. There's no, a not. bit of buildup. Yeah, Ed. Here we go. Question: Why comics? Why comics? Ooh, that's that's good. Well, that's a good that's question. Good. Fuck, that's hard hitting. Uh, yeah, no one else would have me. I think that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I grew up reading comics. I think it's the same answer you probably get from everyone else. Uh, you know, I grew up yeah. reading comics. Uh, I actually wanted to be a comic book artist growing up, but you know, mm -hmm. couldn't hack it as an artist and uh, sort of switched <laughs> into writing. Uh, at some point, I was writing actually because uh, I didn't know any writers and I just needed uh -huh. shit to draw. But you know, I, yeah, I you, can't remember a time I didn't want to do comics. Yeah, you because you you were like putting out mini comics and self publishing stuff that you drew, right? Yeah, yeah, I self published. Fuck, for a long time. Like, uh, um, I think my first self-published thing I put out in 94. So a long time ago. Um, and I lived in Kelowna, which is like a smaller Canadian city. 
Uh, so it's like pre-internet and there were, I think I met like one or two comic book writers because I didn't want to write at all. Mm-hmm. But I met a couple of comic writers or, you know, aspiring comic writers through my comic shop. And uh, <clears throat> they were just, they were terrible. Like, I, I don't think I was a good writer, <laughs> but I was good enough to recognize that they were bad writers. Uh, <laughs> but also who thought they were amazing writers. And mm-hmm. so we're like that sort of, you know, we've all met people like that who are like very full of their their um, themselves and, and think that they can do shit that they just can't. Yeah. Uh, so I just started writing because I didn't want to have to deal with that. That's we've had guests before say that they wanted to be an artist and then made the switch. I don't know that we've had one say I didn't want to write at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Weirdly, I like I had interest in writing like uh, novels and shit when I was younger. I really wanted right. to write a novel. I, I I think I tried writing a novel when I was in grade six, but like mm-hmm. for some reason for the comics, I just really wanted to draw. Sort of that's, that's interesting to me. Cause I always think of like, I've talked to you about your self published stuff and the stuff you drew and the stuff you worked on. And like, I know your interests and I know that like, you know, you, you really had a love for like people like, like Joe Matt and Chester Brown and people like that. So it's weird to me that when you say like, I didn't want to write, like <clears throat> you didn't, you wanted to draw other people's stories, even though that was like a lot of the stuff you loved coming up. So at the time that I started out, I was still much like, I was still like a, a, a mainstream kid, right? Like, uh, okay. So when I was starting out trying to draw comics in my late teens, I was really into like, you know, Spider-Man and then, you know, the image thing had happened and that sort of like put the idea that you could write. And it was after, I think image had been around for like a year and a half you know, it went from being, like, amazing to, like, churning out some of the, like, just worst <laughs> stuff, right? Like, yeah, I think this is commonly ex- accepted. Like, you know, obviously they do great stuff now, but there was that that period where it just went from, like, one or two issues and a, a series of Flame Out, and it was, like, a lot of it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, Name the titles that weren't great. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to do that. Uh, but I... They're actually, and, but it's funny you say that because they're actually some of my favorite books. Are all I know what you're talking about that there were books where mm-hmm. like the main artist leaves and there's some new titles, but there's also stuff like Pitt and 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 the Max that come in that I really do love. That are no, those are great. Yeah, I, yeah, Savage Dragon, and I stuck with for you know. Oh yeah, for all that, and I was a really big fan of Spawn back I mean, then. All the launch titles I, I love, but I, yeah, there is this weird like they just grow at a pace that that's unsustainable. Yeah, for a bit. And, yeah. And it's like the time I hit college and I didn't have money and I sort of stopped buying comics for a bit. And then I, then when I started like picking things up, it was like, it was peep show and it was uh, yummy fur and uh, eight ball, which is weird. Cause eight ball was a comic that I'd seen around a lot, but the comic shop I shopped at as a teenager, uh, kept it on with all the porn comics. Sure. <laughs> so I, I was like up on the shelf is why I'm gesturing here. But uh, I, so I always thought eight ball was a porn comic for the longest time. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, but then, uh, yeah, I became really obsessed with the, you know, Daniel Klaus and Adrian Tomine came around the same time. Uh, yeah. Peter Bag and, <clears throat> you know, Jim Woodring and all that sort of stuff. So, and, and that's all like people who yeah. draw their own stuff. So, you know, once I started writing and drawing, I started to discover that stuff afterwards. And so it, uh, it fed into my interests. Mm-hmm. So you, you, it's funny because I, for me, when I was growing up, like I was a huge Marvel kid when I was little 
and the guys who worked in my comic shop who like you know when i was a little kid like they seemed like mature adults but now that i think about it they're probably like 17 or something uh and they were they were all like snobby indie dudes and they were just constantly like stuffing books that i should be reading into my pull list and being like i'm not i remember one specifically one of them just being like i'm not gonna sell you your books unless you buy this issue of love and rockets like that was like their thing was to just like try and make me like other stuff and i kind of love it <laughs> no I, I do too and like i do have like cool stuff like you know i i, I like reed fleming world stuff as milkman and and fish police and like mm-hmm. early turtle stuff that that i really love that like i wouldn't have bought if it weren't for them but i i never left the superhero like my love for superheroes like i never left and went just like i'm a pure indie guy i sort of I stepped away, but it didn't die down. I wonder, like, what what is it for you that brought you back to liking superheroes after after discovering those indie guys? So I, I know it's, oops, the difference, I think, between you and I is you grew up in New York and I grew up in smaller cities, right? Like mm-hmm. there were, and I think we just didn't have, like all the indie stuff that I would find on shelves would be like buried. It was like they weren't bringing it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the titles that they would try because someone had asked for it, they'd get three issues. And it's not selling to anyone else. It would go like, you know, yeah. it would get buried in the back bins and I'd have to go find it. Uh, but what brought me back was, um, I don't know. I did. So I got really got into indie comics. I was doing like doing my own like auto bio comics for a long time and just weird ass comics uh, and zines for, for years. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> there was a period. So I, I, when I went to university for a second time, I started making short films um i was making like short horror films uh using my like i was using my student loan money to pay for the horror films <laughs> to make the films and then would get a job to pay to go to school um but i i had this idea like i had stopped reading so this would be early 2000s so i'd stop reading superhero comics oh fuck i want to say like 97 96 or 97 somewhere around there uh, I'd stopped reading superhero comics in about 2001. So about a five-year hiatus. Uh, I had this idea for a superhero comic that I thought was like completely revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was telling a friend of mine who was still reading comics, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to, I think I'm going to write this thing and find an artist and work with them. And he's like, oh, like, have you been reading comics lately? I'm like, no, no, I'm just, I don't want to be like, burdened by anything else that's going on <laughs> right. i don't want to be influenced by anything else that's going on i'm like here's my idea and i just basically sat down and described powers to him <laughs> my idea was straight up was just powers uh and he's like yeah you should check out this comic before uh, you do anything before you sink any money into this and and mm-hmm. so i went out and picked up powers um how'd that feel it, it was great i like it, it sucked because it was so uh clo- yeah. it was like not identical to what I was doing, but close enough that it, yeah. it knocked what I was going to do uh, out of contention. I mean, good um, for you because Powers is a great book. So yeah, Powers. And that, yeah. If there's anybody so to be on parallel thought with. Congrats on coming yeah, up with yeah, that. That's true. <laughs> so it was that, and then I think that was around the time that Bendis was doing Daredevil, mm-hmm. roughly. So you know, I went from Powers Daredevil. Um, I started discovering Brubaker's work. I was weirded out because Brubaker is a guy I knew from. 
uh, oh, fuck, I'm blanking on the name of the book, but he used to do stuff through slave labor graphics. He had like, uh, oh, like complete low life. Yeah, complete low life. So he had like these indie comics that he used to do. And weirdly, he and I have a very similar art style. So I remember discovering stuff after mm. I've been drawing for a while. I was like, fuck, like this guy draws similar to me. And he had, even has an issue of complete low life where he has a story in the back that's got the same title of my, like, my ongoing autobio comic uh, <laughs> that he couldn't have known about it, right? It was just, sure. um, but uh, yeah, I discovered he was writing mainstream comics, which was weird to me. So I started picking up his stuff and it turns out that, you know, once again, he and I, our interests are very similar. He's very much a crime guy that I am as well. Um, so like, you know, I think Sleeper around then, uh, Scalp was a few years later, I think. Yeah. Um, but all that sort of stuff, I think, um, that's that was what got me back into it, and that's what got me back into Marvel was Daredevil, okay. which yeah. is usually Daredevil always seems to be the like you know when I was a kid reading comics, Daredevil was the thing that really uh, made me fall in love with comics, and then once again you know in my twenties, um, and yeah, it just once I started reading it, I was just all in and uh, yeah, and haven't looked back. I do I do remember I was reading. There was a period where I wasn't reading Marvel or DC stuff. I was still reading like mainstream kind of comics but like a lot of image stuff a lot of dark horse stuff like i was like much more reading hellboy and i remember going to the shop and like i'd read everything bendis had written <laughs> i'd read like all of power i was current on powers so i was reading in single issues i'd read like jinx and you know like uh goldfish and all that stuff and i just kept coming in and being like he hasn't come out with anything new and they're like he writes daredevil <laughs> and, like, oh. <laughs> and they're like and I just remember talking to the guy at the comic shop and I was like, well, I know, but I, I was like, I don't know that I want to like dive all the way back into that. Like I have, you know, a big Marvel collection and, you know, I, I'm sort of stepping away from it to read more indie stuff. And uh, he was like, you don't like Daredevil? I was like, no, Daredevil's like my favorite. And he was like, so your favorite writer is writing your favorite book and it's the best thing he's ever done and you're not reading it but are mad that there isn't more stuff for him to read? And I was like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm reading Daredevil now. And that was that was it for me of like my, my very short time away from reading Marvel books and DC books was, <laughs> was broken by Daredevil too. Um, but you... You weren't just self-publishing stuff. You also, when I met you, you were publishing other people's stuff. Yeah. Uh, was that when we met? I thought I'd folded by the time we'd met. You you had stuff. Like, right. you, well, you were publishing Murder Book. Yes. And singles. And you had, um, what's his name's book that had just come out? Um, the Atomic Heart. Yeah, uh, so that would have come out a few years before we met. That was, uh, Simon, oh, was. Simon Roy's Yon's Atomic Heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so briefly, I had this... Uh, when did, that, uh, when did the, that come out? When did you put that out? I want to say it's 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, like, I... When I graduated from university the second time, I had, like, I got my first, like... Um, I say graduated second time. I dropped out the first time. I graduated the second time, but uh, I, I got my first like career type job where I was like making real money. Like I'd been working at a bookstore for eight years, and so was making what seemed to me to be like life changing mm-hmm. amounts of money. But it was like forty thousand dollars a year. But it was just so much more than I'd been making. I mean, that is life changing if you're making less than that. Yes. Um, so I did. I had this idea that I would start a publishing company uh, called New Reliable Press, and uh, 
I think over the years we've released, you know, I released like 10 books or something like that. I can't recall, but, you know, I did an anthology series called You Ain't No Dancer that had like a, you know, sort of a huge list of uh, indie creators, you know, uh, Kate Beaton was in them, you know, Brian Lee O'Malley, you know, a bunch of folks from that sort of era. I right. uh, did Yon's Atomic Heart, which is Simon Roy's book, which is his first thing. That's how I, I first met him. Mm-hmm. And uh, J- a friend of mine, Jason Turner, and his wife, uh, Mini Botma, uh, did a book called True Loves, which is like a, a romance book that was great. And um, I'm trying to think, I did a Casey Green collection for him. And a few other things here and there, but you did a Casey uh, Green collection. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Horribleville. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like uh, it was a lot of stress. It was a lot of money, <laughs> and I hate uh, you know it, not that I hated it, but it was just it just constantly felt like a, it was a losing battle because I was trying to um, you know dealing with Diamond is very difficult, especially when you're sort of as small as we were uh, trying to just get into shops. You know, it's hard. You know, you know what it's like it, it, it doing image books where, you, where you know, we have the image brand on the book and we're trying to get Swords Carrier book. It's like a fight. Imagine you're like, uh, you know, a smaller publisher buried somewhere deep in the catalog, yeah. uh, calling up shops and trying to convince them to carry your book. They literally just hang up on me uh, yeah, most yeah. of the time. Uh, so it, it just got to the point where, like, um, it was just a lot of work. And I had this weird, like, like this sort of like a, a, it feels like a pact you would make with yourself maybe uh, where I wouldn't publish myself. That was the whole thing with the, oh, wow. I, I wasn't going to publish myself, just other people. And uh, yeah, it was like, uh, I just decided at one point that it was, just wasn't working. And uh, so I folded it and I folded it on the same day that I started writing the first murder book story. So oh, okay. was, uh, back in 2010, so huh. a lot of, a lot of big decisions on that day. It was a big day. Yeah. Um, do you miss, publishing stuff or not at all not at all no <laughs> like mm-hmm. and like i self-published you know like we talked about earlier like for years with just like photocopy mini comics and yeah. zines and stuff so you know since 94 i probably put out you know i don't know, 50 to 75 things of my own uh you know i self-published the murder books i and even you know just recently did the Kickstarter for the the yeah. newer murder book thing. I did it. It's, man, it's just so much fucking work, and it, it's so much easier to just let someone else handle it. And uh, I prefer to do that. And just focus on the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, I'm like I'm grateful for the experience though because I know how to deal with printers. I know how to deal with distributors. Yeah. You know, uh, I know how to send files. You know, I, I properly prep everything. I don't know. I think it, it gives me it gave me a lot more insight onto how things work than uh, I think someone coming in cold might have. Along the same lines, do, like do you miss drawing at all? No, not at like, all. Not at all. Like uh, it, I actually stopped drawing on the same day that I folded New Reliable and started. Like all that sort of stuff happened on the same day. It was a crazy uh, day. It was my birthday. I was like really <laughs> bummed out oh, about, wow. uh, about uh, where I was in life and and mm-hmm. just wanted to sort of make some changes to you know, see if I could be in a better place uh, a year or two down the road. But uh, yeah, no, I don't so, miss drawing. Every once in a while, I think about picking up a pencil, but man, I, I, it's just such a frustrating experience. I I, uh, I think I was really into the idea of being a comic artist more than I was the uh, the amount of uh, focus and work it takes. 
Yeah. I didn't know you were on the drawing side or the publishing side. That's so interesting because it seems like you like pinballed into being, because I assume you're pretty happy with where you're at now. It seems it seems like you kind of bounced around into being in the position that you're in now. It's really interesting. Yeah, I've done so much shit over the, over the years. You know, yeah. like I was lettering for a long time. That's how I was paying my bills. It was just like, right. yeah. lettering. And, uh, yeah. what, what, what kind of stuff were you lettering, Ed? I was lettering Yowie for a long time. There you go. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I knew the answer to the question. Uh, every once in a while, you like for years, you would always drop the name of some like crazy Yowie book, and you selfish like, Mr. Mermaid. That was, uh, that was my favorite. Mr. Mermaid is such a good title. <laughs> I, I want to read that book. That's such a good title. That's an excellent title. <laughs> um, the uh, when do you feel like you became like you didn't want to be a writer? Then you were writing and drawing stuff. At when do you feel like you were like shit? I'm a writer. Like this is this is what I want to do. Did it click one day? Was it just a different birthday? You were like, this is what. <laughs> no, it was, it was the same birthday. It was just like I realized, like you know, I wanted, I had an idea of what I wanted to write. My art style is very cartoony. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like closer to like sort of like a Chester Brown style, maybe uh, not as good as Chester Brown, but in, in that vein. Uh, and it just didn't fit with the stuff that I I, I wanted to do. Um, I just hate like this sitting down, you know, and I did it for years, you know, um, I stopped drawing in 2010. So at that point it was like 16 years of drawing comics pretty regularly. Um, and it just like, I just was never satisfied with the work and it got to the point where just, I was more excited about the writing than it was the, the drawing of it. And mm. I'd experimented when I was doing, you know, my autobio comics where, um, you know, I would do web comics, and then we would swap sometimes uh, with other web comic artists, where you know you'd, someone else would come in and draw something you'd written. And I always enjoyed that experience a lot more. Mm. And so when I decided to stop drawing, I um, yeah, I wrote the first murder book story, and uh, I was happy with how it came out. But <laughs> trying to convince other artists, you know, Simon Roy ended up drawing that one, but like. Uh -huh he wouldn't commit to it until he could like sit down and actually read it because I told him I was like doing crime, you know, that I'd always wanted to do crime fiction and that this yeah. was sort of breaking into that. And uh, he was highly skeptical because I've been doing like autobiographical comics uh -huh. or like just weird ass uh, web comics. And it was, I think when I handed him the script and he did it and it all came back, it just felt like, it just felt good. It felt right. And so it just kind of kept rolling with that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have like, I got a lot of attention over that first um murder book story when i posted it online which i i think uh, helped quite a bit so yeah put me on some folks radar did you along the same lines like a, a lot of the stuff i feel like that put you on the map like you were yourself publishing murder book before dark horse put it out and um you made comeback at image which is a time travel story but it's a crime story mm -hmm. and then you know sheltered is a at image is also a uh, a crime story of sorts like is that just what you thought you'd be doing just doing crime books and is that what you wanted or did you want to be like jumping around more i think crime and horror are the two things i've just always wanted to do i've done less horror than than i have crime but uh those are just like you know growing up that's all i read was crime and horror yeah novels um film wise that's always what i gravitate towards you know i've uh, <clears throat> it's just always sort of been where my interests are. Like, I, you know, I like superhero stuff a lot. You know, I grew up reading yeah. that as well. But if if all things were equal and I could just do crime and horror books for the rest of my life, I would just do that. 
Mm -hmm. um, yeah. you, like, was there a choice? Did you look at the market and the job opportunities on crime and are like, this is a tough road to go, but I'm going to. Yeah. You know, like, no, like, you know, I definitely supplemented by doing other stuff, but it was just, yeah, it, I, it doesn't sell, you know, horror is sort of having a, a moment right now where it's selling, but you know, if you go back just three, four years, that wasn't the case. No one was interested in it. Um, so, yeah, I just I find that like my interests always uh, don't align with, um, you know, uh, the interests of people who have money in their pocket. So, you know, uh, it's it's always tough, it's, but it's always been the case. So I, you know, you know I like superhero comics, uh, you know, so writing them is a lot of fun. You know, I'm doing Predator right now, which is very like horror He's a criminal. He's a criminal, but it's all very, very yeah. That's not legal to be a predator. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, I, I try and I try and get where I can, you know, get yeah. in those elements where I can. So it's, I was going to bring up Predator because you you didn't mention sci-fi at all. Do you feel like you're? Do you feel like you have sort of an outsider kind of approach to sci-fi kind of stuff? Because you got some sci-fi going on. Yeah, maybe I don't like. Sci-fi is always a, a weird one for me because I don't typically enjoy a ton of sci-fi stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know why that is. It, it's uh, definitely a lot of it should be a shoo-in for me. Uh, when it leans horror, then I, mm -hmm. I think it, it, Predator certainly leans horror. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of like sort of uh, post-apocalyptic stuff lean is pretty horrific, but also tends to lean sci-fi. And I love post-apocalyptic stuff as a, right. as a genre so yeah i don't know i don't know sci-fi <laughs> i feel like i like we got you actually uh i was gonna say we got to marvel at the same time but that's actually not true because you i remember it's a really big deal because we were friends and and like you were always a bunch of steps ahead of me and stuff but like i remember you got two issues of Secret Avengers. Secret event. I wanted to say yeah. Avengers World, but that was what Frank. No. Two issues of. Uh, yeah, two issues of Secret Avengers, and it was like really exciting for all of our like circle of people to be like, oh, it's doing this, and then uh, and then nothing. And then uh, well, yeah, it was a less nice way of saying it, but no, I mean you just didn't do more stuff for them for a bit. But we, mm -hmm. you got your foot like more firmly in the door at Marvel when I did, and I thought it was uh, interesting because like they seem to and i wonder how much is you and how much is them like uh, right in the door they were like bullseye like a dude who kills like a hitman a bad dude and then they were like um iron fist and like they were just giving you these books that seemed really in your wheelhouse and i just remember having conversations where like i would sit down and they would ask me like well what do you want to be doing because I think they had no idea what the fuck to do with me. And I was like, X-Men. And they were all just like, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> you sure you don't want to do like... And I don't know what I thought they thought I should be doing. Like Great Lakes Avengers or something. Uh -huh. Something goofy. <laughs> um, the, but but you you wanted to be doing... like is that? Did you want to be doing those books? Like the more street level, the more... Yeah, yeah. And But that was like, you know, I was lucky in that regard. Um, in that... Axel was the one who had brought me in. I think he brought you in as well yeah. to, to work on books. And he had brought me in because he'd picked up murder book. So he mm -hmm. he's a big crime guy too. And he'd read yeah. murder book. And he read that and was like, you know, put this fucker on bullseye. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Iron Fist was, for me, it was like right up my alley because, you know, uh, 
I know you know this, but my, my dad uh, was a karate instructor for years, uh, oh, you know, on weekends. And so I used to sit, you know, uh, on the on the weekends we were visiting with him and he didn't know where to stick us. I'd have to sit in a dojo while he taught karate. <laughs> and re- I would read comic books, you know, in the corner. So it kind of, you know, and I watch a lot of kung fu flicks and stuff with him. Is that why um, you're so good at karate? I, I'm not. I've never, never taken a karate lesson in my life. It was, uh, uh, but you absorbed some of it just being in the room. I was gonna say uh, subconsciously, maybe, you didn't yeah, pick up any uh, moves. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm uh, smelling a concept here. A kid who doesn't think he knows any karate, but then he knows all of karate. Yeah. All karate. <laughs> but yeah, that was you know I was lucky that Axel knew sort of what what yeah, books yeah. would suit me well, and you know actually when they called me and offered me Iron Fist. Uh, I thought they at first it said Iron Man, and uh-huh. I was like I was like hemming and hawing on the phone, like I don't know why it's such an asshole move because like I'd only had one yeah. mini series there right, and they're offering me another like ongoing book. I'm like ah, I don't know, I don't know if I have an Iron Man story. And they're like no, we said Iron Fist. I'm like oh shit yeah okay, I'm in. <laughs> like I got I got Iron Fist stories, but. Uh, yeah, I think, and then I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was on Old Man Logan after that, which is yeah. definitely like still sort of in my in my wheelhouse. Um, so yeah, that was you know I was trying to push uh, for books all the time uh, that were more in my wheelhouse, but you you know yeah, sometimes the- you just get what's offered, and it's like you know uh, I've had conversations where I've listed like six books right mm. that i want to do or like six characters i'd love to write and and we'll get offered like polar opposite yeah team team book right like uh you know i had a conversation a while back a few years back with an editor where i was like yeah these are the characters i just want to do a solo book next that's all i want to do and they're like we got the perfect book for you and then they offered me like a team book that ended up yeah. not happening but i'm like it, it, everything about the team book was exactly the things i said i didn't want to do yeah, but yeah. you know it, <laughs> I, <clears throat> I remember being at Marvel once and you were there and there was a, there was a summit and like, we just announced stuff and you were doing, you got old man Logan, which like you were very excited about, but I was like, you know, I'm a huge Wolverine guy and I got the Punisher and Uh you, and, and we were just sort of sitting there looking at each other. And like, I remember just having this conversation of being like, did someone switch our files? (laughs) Like, I was like, I'm a more of an X guy than you. And like, obviously you're an X-Men fan and a Wolverine Mm -hmm guy but like i was like that's like x-men is like i, I live and die and you're like yeah i'm a huge puncher fan and we were like did they fuck this up like were they were these <laughs> offers supposed to go to the other people uh do you guys then, think that like it's helpful for careers in comics to like have sort of a specialization or to be more so of like a jack of all trades <clears throat> yeah i don't know i think some people can can walk that line you know some people can just mm-hmm. do like you know um you know, then do a comedy and switch over and do a thriller and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I <clears throat> I always skew darker, yeah. uh, I think, with myself. Although sometimes, like, you know, I'll do shit like, you know, Next Gen or whatever, you know, that five-issue uh, thing I did at, at Marvel that's it's a pretty light sort of teen book. Like, to this day, I would, I would knock someone out uh, to get fucking Power Pack, you know? I want to write a Power Pack book, <laughs> which is completely the opposite of, of what that's I do. But, who do but, you think you have to knock out to get that book? I don't Who know. You, just, oh, tell me. Tell me. Just, we'll poke around. We'll follow up after the show right. and figure out who you're going to fight for Power Pack. Um, I just want that to be the backstory of how I got Power Pack. <laughs> like, yeah, he showed up and he, he flew to New York and he fought 
Charles know. Soul. Let's say Charles Soul. Charles Soul. Let's say Chuck. That's what they said. That's what they say about Marvel. Everybody's got a power pack pitch. <laughs> everyone wants power pack. Uh, it's funny though. You joke about that because I remember once uh, a mutual friend of me and Ed's was like, "I really want to do a Sleepwalker book. Mm. Like, figure out if we can get a Sleepwalker book together." And I called and was like, "Hey, what's the deal with Sleepwalker? Can we do a Sleepwalker?" And they were like literally the editor on sleep who had sleepwalker there was no sleepwalker book because there is almost never sleepwalker book he was like i have a desk drawer full of sleepwalker pitches he's like every third writer is like can i do sleepwalker and i was like really he's like yeah he's like if everyone who wanted to write sleepwalker would buy sleepwalker we would be on issue 200 (laughs) of sleepwalker but um (sighs) no i think the specialization thing is funny i think about it a lot because comics is such a weird thing because everyone's always like well no two people break in the same way and no two people get where they're going and everybody studies everyone else and i think that's true to some extent but i'm also like it's kind of not true how little it's kind of like impressive how little people do pay attention to other people's careers in comics sometimes Mm -hmm. and the the jokey one i always talk about is uh grant morrison and alan moore being into magic and being (laughs) like the two most successful writers in the field in the last 40 years are both wizards. And like <laughs> the fact that not every aspiring comic creator is like, well, I'm a wizard too. It's fucking insane <laughs> to me. Like, it's so weird. It, it, it can't hurt. Field, yeah. yeah it, you know, in any other field, like if you were just like, yeah, you know what? The, the starting pitcher and the starting shortstop for the Yankees are both wizards. Every kid in Little League would be a fucking wizard. But, but like the less jokey version of that is like, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips is the one I think, mm-hmm. of, I think the one people point to the most of being like, yeah, they're just crime guys. Like they just want to do crime and they locked into that and like have great careers because they're so focused and so singular on that. I mean, they're fucking exceptionally good at it. They don't have careers right. just because they make one type of book. Yeah. Uh, they're better at it than everyone else. But I, I do find that it's fascinating that more people don't do that but it's funny to hear you, Ed, like sort of be like, I don't know, because you more than I think any of my peers mm. has a type, has a brand. And like you do other stuff, but like you're definitely a crime guy to me. Sure, yeah. Um, and and like I, I love everything you do and I'm a, I, you know, I'm a big fan and I read everything and, and like some of my favorite stuff you've done isn't crime stuff. But when you do crime, it feels different to me. It feels like... Mm you feel like you're in your sweet spot in a in an interesting way um that that it feels like there's a vacuum in comics that you're filling in a really good way and so for you to be like well i don't know i do like this other stuff i'm like it's fascinating that you don't think that as much as i I, no, i definitely do think but i'm like in in the interest of uh working sure and and having regular gigs I, i can't just be uh, I can't just be doing crime. But also, also you do a crime power pack book? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I have like, uh, you know, I have some ideas for power pack that would, you know, age them up and make them more. I think the problem, you know, if we're talking about power pack for a minute, is like, give us the pitch. We, give us the pitch. I'm not, I'm not giving the pitch, but I think the problem <laughs> is that every time, uh, you know, they try and recapture the nostalgia of the of the '80s when they were there, and they make them kids, and it just doesn't work in today's environment. They never, I think, when it's the most interesting lately, like when Julie Powers is she's older, right? Like it's yeah. it's more interesting stuff, and, and they don't do that ever. And and, and I really wish they would huh. uh, do a, a, a series of Power Pack as you know 
20-somethings or whatever, just yeah. a little bit more interesting. In their feeling. 40s. Not necessarily in their 40s, wow. but I think Late you need to 40s. age them up with their audience a little it's bit. It's pretty right? old. So, yeah. Um, Late 60s. Well, did you ever read? <laughs> wow. I, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily always like talking about pitches that didn't go anywhere, but did I ever send you my new Warriors? Yeah. I had a new Warriors pitch, and that, and the whole thing was we were going to age them up. They were going to be yeah. what their actual ages should be. Oh, that's cool. And it yeah. was a lot of fun. That's one of those ones that I'm still bummed never happened, but, you know, sure. uh, I but get why. That's, a, that's the funny thing about comics is it's like, I would love to see a lot of these characters get old. Like, like, yeah. I, like that. that's a different version of that. I mean, of course, that's why Old Man Logan and stuff is cool. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's funny, though, to me, because like you talk about that stuff and I guess it's hard in the crime stuff to be like, well, I, and, you you know, I did say like you do love the Punisher and you you um, you did write an awesome Punisher book. Yeah, that no one's uh, ever going to read. With, with Declan Salvi. We talked with Declan was on the show. Oh, we yeah, talked right. about it, yeah. that there's three issues drawn. Four, four, four. issues of five. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, dude, you pretty, pretty special. You should draw the fifth issue yourself and then just put it out. Perfect. I think Marvel would be fine with that. I don't think that mm-hmm. you could say, you know, you could say, just tweet at them. Hey, are you guys going to do something with this? Because if not, I will. And that's that's okay. That's legally in the clear. Right. Um, no, but I also know, like, you love Speedball so much. Yeah. Yeah, huge speedball guy, and he doesn't exactly fit into that crime thing. And obviously, anyone who's read any of your ex stuff knows that you, your love of Glob Herman, (laughs) is so powerful and so overwhelming. And you really, uh, and you write an awesome Glob. Like he is this great sort of hapless, sweet, uh, fun character. But they don't fit into that wheelhouse. And I, I. I like that. I, I like that. Like you have this passion that isn't just like, well, I want to make Glob a victim of a horrible crime, and then he has to figure it out. Or like, uh, I guess that's not really a question. It's just that. No, but like for me, like you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I deal with anxiety and such, and, and Glob Herman is a perfect sort of like vessel for me to pour my own anxieties into and get that out while I, while I'm writing, right? Like. Uh, uh, and uh, I think with Speedball, the thing I love about Speedball is he he sort of broke out in the scene, was supposed to be the next Spider-Man, yeah. and just never lived up to that potential. I think that those are the parts of those characters that really interest me, Yeah, um, which is not necessarily always the parts of those characters that we see. Yeah, or that necessarily, like, will sell books. Yeah, exactly. Marvel wants to sell books, but uh, I think a lot about the... Um, we were both in, I don't even remember what it was like an X-Men holiday book or something. Like there was some was X-Men the... Christmas book where we all did one page stories. Yes, and, yeah. was, and and I was like pretty pleased with mine. I did a one where like multiple man basically like forgets that it's Christmas and has to get everyone gifts. And so he goes and he gets a, he, someone gives him a gift and then he just duplicates himself holding it. <laughs> so he gives the same gift to everybody. And I was like, it's funny. And then a bunch of people were like, that's not actually how his powers work. And I was like, actually it is and it isn't. Like sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. <laughs> Sorry. There's, there's like conflicting continuity. Sorry. Uh, but then I was like really happy with it. And then you told, and then I, you sent me your glob one pager and I was like, Oh fuck, this is so good. <laughs> like, I was like, mine is goofy and dumb. And yours was like, I mean, it's cute and it's a one pager, but it was like so affecting and like so much deeper than a one pager deserves to be or should be just like that. Just so like melancholy in this fun way. 
It's also um, the fastest I've ever written a comic book page. <laughs> sure, yeah. I think sure. I, I sent Jordan the idea for it. And I'm like, here's what I want to do. He's like, that's great. And I'm like, okay, cool. Here's the script. <laughs> I literally wrote it, I think, 10 minutes. Uh, uh, but once I had the idea, it's like, it's, you know, it's just yeah. down. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just got to glob going. Um, the... I mean, this sort of leads us back to to another question. Like, you've bounced around, you've done, you know, everything. Does somebody from, like, have an ice cream truck going? There's an ice cream truck outside. <laughs> I was my say, house, it sounds like okay. someone's got Wii Sports queued up in their living. <laughs> All right, it's Mr. Softy Truck. Uh, he knows. We can do. My, we can do an ice cream break. He knows yeah. that my block yeah. is a. Uh, that's a good block to hit, is all I'll say. <laughs> he knows he's going to be confused why he didn't get his money today. But anyway. right. um. And that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with Ed Brisson. Make sure to check out Sins of the Salton Sea and everything else Ed is working on by giving him a follow on Twitter at Ed Brisson. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion, and in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com, or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.